Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So, back in 2016, I talked a little bit about it last week, when the shooting happened at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Um, I was in Toronto at the time. I was serving as the spiritual director at the Center for Spiritual Living in Toronto. And of course, I came to that following Sunday service and we, we sang a lot of songs, but we let our benediction be, imagine. And there was a point at which everybody just decided to stand up. They all rose out of their seats and they put their hands up and it was just like one of those moments that you can't plan for, but it is just an extraordinary, um, it's, a, it's an extraordinary feeling. And then I had somebody come up to me and say, I have a problem with that song. <laughs> really? Yes. I don't want to imagine there's no heaven. Okay. I want to imagine that we're living in heaven now, so can we change the lyrics the next time we do it to imagine we're in heaven? And I gave that a lot of thought, and I even thought about changing it today. I thought about changing it to, you know if the glasses come off, it's because something's <laughs> happening. I thought about it today, I was like, okay, so if we imagine we're in heaven, which is a place I already live in my own mind, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> yes, it's coming up. It's in my notes, I promise. I know. Somebody's like, you're wearing nail polish. Yes, I am going to talk about the nail polish. Um, see, now, Anita, thank you. You've thrown me. Um, <laughs> I live... Under, with this understanding that where we are is already heaven to the degree that we decide that that is where we are. So I don't like to think of heaven as someplace I'm getting to. That's why I can firmly say, imagine there's no heaven because heaven is not something outside myself. Heaven is right here where I am. Heaven is a decision for me to live from the highest principles of love, peace, and harmony. I mean, isn't that what we think we're getting to? I mean, isn't that what many philosophies teach? Like, oh, when we shed this mortal coil, we're going to that place where there's only love, where there's only peace, where there's only harmony. Well, why are we not creating that here and now? So I don't need to imagine heaven out there. I need to understand heaven right here. It is up to us to decide where we are. It is up to us to decide and live the quality of life we want to experience. It all begins as a decision. That decision is rooted in, frankly, our imagination. And if we can adopt it in our imagination, then we can choose to live accordingly. It's really hard when we see all the stuff out there, though, right? I get it. I am equally as challenged, if not in some ways perhaps more challenged, because I am consistently working in my own life to maintain a spiritual understanding of all the things I see around me. But that is my job. That is what I have committed myself to to understand that no matter what I see in the world of circumstance, whether it be heartbreak or challenge or other things that I don't even want to say out loud, but I'm going to, or killing, war, 
When I see those things, and you know, we're exposed to those so much more because of the nature of media. When I see those things, I put myself at a point of decision. Am I going to align myself with the circumstances or am I going to know who I am and rise above the circumstances so that right where I am, I become a radiating center of peace, love, joy, and harmony? And by doing that, by becoming that radiating center, I create that in my sphere, and that sphere extends because what happens is those people who may be allowing themselves to be motivated by my sphere of influence will create their own sphere of influence, perhaps in harmony and in alignment and in vibration with that love, joy, peace, and harmony, and we create a more peaceful world all around. That is what I see, and that is how I understand my world. So this month is the month of imagination. If you want to live a different life, imagine a different life. And know that as you imagine that different life, that something motivates you from within. That is the nature of this aspect, this power of imagination that is the truth of your being. So what is imagination? I think we should maybe think about that. What is imagination? Imagination is the capacity to outpicture possibilities. What possibilities are you looking to create in your experience of this thing called life? All of that begins with imagining those things because our mind, our consciousness creates our experience. And so as we utilize this power of imagination, we are setting ourselves up for success that those imagined ideas come into expression. James Dillett Freeman had this to say, imagination is the act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. We have the capacity to create our imagined life in form because we have the capacity to imagine that life, to bring that life to mind, to consider that life. And just because it has never existed before does not mean that it cannot exist in this moment. And in this moment. And in this moment. But we have to make the decision to live according to that imagination. Do you believe? This is something to check in. You know, I said earlier I was talking about beliefs. This is a question to check in with yourself. Do you believe that you are relegated to living what you perceive as the reality you are experiencing? Good answer. (laughs) Then the rest of you? (laughs) I don't believe that I'm relegated to living a challenging life. My life has gotten a lot more free and easy as I've adopted practices in the direction of free and easy. And I didn't need to come into a spiritual practice to be able to do that. I just needed to learn who I was and know that my thoughts create my experience. I can formalize that spiritual practice all I want. But unless it truly changes my mind and my, my beingness, then nothing will change. And so, I do not believe I am relegated to the life I am experiencing at all. And I am willing And this is the question, this is the follow-up question. I am willing, are you willing to change what is necessary to change to up-level your life? 
and the rest of you. <laughs> I think we resonate with that song, with the song Imagine. And you know, we've been singing that song for 50 years now. I think we resonate with that song because at some level, we truly accept that that possibility exists. That the words that are spoken and sung in that song, that that possibility exists. And we keep resonating with this idea that it is something out there to be attained because we have not attained it in our own hearts fully yet. This is not to say, this is not to punish us for not having gotten there yet. Not at all. It's to say, I know who I am. I can let go of any past transgressions and I can allow myself to fully adopt this way of thinking, this way of being, this way of believing moving forward and create something extraordinary. The possibility exists in mind. And if the possibility exists in mind, then the experience of that possibility is only a thought or a belief or a feeling away. In class, boy, Wednesday night's class, we're studying the book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And in that book, the first chapters really delve into Bum, 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 quantum theory, quantum physics, and the idea that there's only one thing that exists, and that is infinite potential, whatever that means. That there's an energy, and the only thing that exists is energy, and that as we utilize consciousness, our awareness of consciousness in our mind, we collapse that energetic field into expression in the way that we call matter. Now, if you don't quite understand this, that's okay. You don't need to understand it. All I'm saying is our thoughts and our beliefs and our feelings create our experience. That's what quantum physics and quantum theory is supporting, that our thoughts, our beliefs, our, our, our feelings, that they are creating our experience. The only thing that exists truly is potential. That's the only thing that exists. And as we change our mind, that potential transmutes itself into some changed experience. So if the only thing that exists is potential, how do we draw into that expression the things we would like to experience in the world of form? Well, this book suggests that it is through observation. I think to myself, well, it's not just me looking to see the thing I want to see. It's me deciding upon what it is I would like to see. And so it draws me back into decision rooted in imagination. And as I allow that imagination to inform my decision, that is what I begin to experience and see in the world. Maybe it's too heady. I don't know. I love this stuff. But one of the things that we have come to believe in, I believe, <laughs> I think that we have come to believe in and put a lot of stock into consistency. Makes life really easy, doesn't it? This idea that if we maintain a consistency, life is going to be manageable. We don't want to be pushed 
past the bounds of our consistency, also known as our comfort zone. It makes life easier to experience when we know what to expect, doesn't it? And, not but, and if we maintain that consistency, it reduces the potential of something greater. A big block, that big block that we carry around, that block of consistency, is the notion also that I need to adhere to other people's opinions or you need to adhere to other people's opinions and decisions about the way you should be, which is why I painted my nails today. Because last week, do you remember, Laura got up here to Laura, the president of our board. She got up here. It's so funny. I am such an actor. You ready for this? I walked, I'm like, oh, I'm out of the light. Laura came up here, and she had these beautiful blue nails. And I said, oh, I love your be beautiful blue nails. And she said, my toenails, too. And at that point, I said, it's really lovely. I don't know that this community would accept me painting my nails. And there wasn't really a reaction to that. But then I really sat back, and I thought about that. And I thought, if I want to paint my nails, why shouldn't I? Because I don't need to be relegated to other people's opinions of how I should be in this world. And that's a lesson, and that is a lesson for each and every one of us. If you are taking upon yourself other people's opinions of how you should be, I suggest you change your mind. Be authentically you. I'm like, where am I in my notes? I don't know. I'm like, okay, the, the nails and the community, what happens? Oh, here's what, here's what comes up. So, I asked this question, what happened in my mind in that moment in relationship to considering my nails? And I thought to myself, well, I have this idea. Where did I learn that idea? Where did I learn that idea? And is there any value in holding on to that idea or that opinion? What was that? Only if, it Only if it serves you. Here's the thing. We can adopt opinions and values and things that serve us and are in harmony. That's fine. I'm not saying get rid of everything. I'm not talking about anarchy here. <laughs> what I'm saying is find what is true in your own heart and express that wholeheartedly from a point of view of love. Because what happens when you do that, you are living your authentic life. I have talked about... Um, authenticity. Actually, have I ever really talked about authenticity from up here? Maybe a little bit. One of the, one of the bits of feedback I frequently get is, um, as a minister, people are grateful that I'm willing to come up here and be my authentic self, warts and all. Because a lot of times, you know what happens? People put ministers up on a pedestal like, oh, they have studied, and so they must know how to live the most magnificent life. And here's the thing. If you have ever put me up on that pedestal, knock me down now. I'm willing to be up here to 
be as authentic as I possibly can in a public way because I believe that through authenticity, we learn from one another. And we get to decide if that is right for me or not right for me. And there's no judgment or opinion as to whether or not you should be the way I think you should be or you decide to be the person that you truly are. One of the main reasons that I decided to be my authentic self wholeheartedly up here more than ever is because I used to stage manage a lot of spiritual conferences. And what drove me nuts is I would be backstage and helping people with you know, various stage management duties and ministers, these ministers would come along and they'd be the guest speaker for that conference and I would, I would be interacting with them backstage and they would be not a very nice person because <laughs> they didn't know who I was. I was just some crew guy. Sucks, doesn't it, when the crew... I'm looking at my dad because my dad has lived a life of being a crew guy. Um, it sucks when the talent treats the crew as something less than. And that's what I got a lot from ministers. From ministers. And then they would walk on stage and they would be saying things like, we are all one. We are all unified wholeness. We must understand this. But they were being a different person backstage. And so I said, I will never be that. Ever. So you get me, warts and all. And here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. You get the wholeness of me in whatever way I choose to be, and I get the wholeness of you I trust in whatever way you choose, because when it comes right down to it, it's all made up. 100% of everything we experience, 100% of all of it, it's all made up. There is nothing in our experience that isn't made up. Can you accept that? Because here's the great news about that. If it's all made up, you can remake up the things that are not so good in your world. That is the power of imagination. In the flow of experience, this flow of experience which is rooted in mind, we get to make up our reality. We get to remake our reality all the time. One of the great things about this book is it's inviting us to truly work in the direction of living in the present moment and letting go of anything we carry into the present from the past or any considerations we have about the future. It's all made up. So why do we end up being like automatons, so many of us? Having to be like everyone else. Dress like everyone else. Act like everyone else. If you want the magnificent experience of life, begin by conceiving that life using your imagination, then envisioning that life using your imagination, and then allowing yourself to embody that life. Embody the thought in alignment with the vibration of the feeling of joy, the feeling of love, the feeling of harmony, the feeling of goodness, that harmonized frequency of thought and feeling creates the experience we want. Oftentimes we live in conflict of those things, though. Imagination is the power that frees us from the limitations of our senses. It is that part of us that is freed from thinking that any of this is solid. It's not. 
If you want to know more about that, come to class. <laughs> so what do you, this rhetorical question, <laughs> what do you see in your life as a foolish consistency? And I use the word foolish purposefully because Ralph Waldo Emerson said a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds. I love Emerson. I love Emerson. So did Charles Fillmore. So did Ernest Holmes. If you are not certain about what you see in your life as a foolish consistency, perhaps if I phrase it this way, it'll help you illuminate that in your own mind. What is it that's not working for me? What is it that's not working for me? Ask yourself that question and see what comes to mind. It's not to beat ourselves up over it. It's to illuminate us to that which may be below the level of awareness so that we can then step into action, so that we can imagine something new and different. Is it your job or the perception that your job will bring you happiness? It won't. Is it your relationship or the perception that a relationship will bring you happiness? Or perhaps it's your perception of a lack of relationship. Is it your finances or a perceived lack of finances or the idea that finances will somehow bring you happiness? Nothing will bring you happiness except your own mind and your decision to let happiness and joy and fulfillment be the point of view from which you are expressing. And then all of those things, your job, your relationship, your finances, your health, all of it will align itself in a accordance with your state of mind. It works that direction, not necessarily the other way. It can be any number of things that we say are going wrong in our life. Anyone have anything going wrong in their life? Turn it around in mind. Believe it. You can achieve it. That is what we teach. Can you get behind the idea that all of this is based on mind, on your use, your use of mind, your use of Consciousness, because that's the only thing that exists. It's the joke in class. If you take a test and they ask you a question and you aren't sure the answer, just write down consciousness and you cannot get it wrong. <laughs> At least in tests that we give for classes here in New Thought. <laughs> one plus one equals consciousness. Yes. We are lulled into a false concept that there is something else at work. And that's when we start to believe in something else. That's separation. Separation is the only thing that causes discord in life, this idea that there is something separate. I have actually been giving this a lot of thought this week, and so I have to ask myself, if there is no separation, then what do I truly think is the truth? Because I still think in terms of separation sometimes. Anyone else? When I find myself thinking in terms of separation, I have to step back and go, what do I truly believe? Oh yeah, my beliefs are creating my experience. And so if I'm believing in separation in this one aspect of my life, it's time to let that go. It's time to imagine something else. And we believe in separation because we experience multiplicity. 
multiplicity meaning that God is expressing itself, this magnificent, infinite creative power is expressing itself in infinitely unique ways. It's expressing itself as you, as me, and we are each and every one of us unique in that expression. We are living the life of God, individualized and calling it our own. Can you get behind that idea? We live in a land of make-believe. And so what are you going to believe into experience today? What are you going to believe into experience today? Are you using the faculty of imagination to uphold a status quo or expand and evolve the infinite potential and possibility? Where are you on that? Since it's all made up, we can create the life we want to live in. Are you living the life you want to live in? Rhetorical. (laughs) You get to make it up because it's all made up. This is a land of make-believe. This is how I've reconciled in my own mind and in my own heart the things that are happening outside my sphere of influence. And I know that as I come into alignment, utilizing the power of imagination, imagining a better expression and experience of life, that my sphere of influence expands and expands and expands and it changes this world. That's what I'm here to do. We are not relegated to the collective unless we decide to be. We have a great capacity to imagine a life of limitation and then argue for those limitations as though they're real. Stop it. The biggest limiting argument, well, that's the way it's always been. And we find ourselves back at consistency. We don't have to adhere to the plot. We don't have to adhere to anything because it's all made up. And this brings me to one of my favorite quotes in the whole world by the master of the Muppets. (laughs) Life is like a movie. Write your own ending. Keep believing. Keep pretending. Engage your imagination. Make it all up, because it's all made up anyway. That's truly the power of imagination. Live more fully in the land of make-believes and make those beliefs come to be. You are worthy of your best imagined life. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. So the homework this week... I mean, I feel like I have to come up with a little jig to talk about the homework. Uh, The homework this week is this. Take action on something you might have been sitting on in your life. Take action on it this week. Don't know, if you don't know what that is, ask this question. Where in my life am I unfulfilled? Where am I feeling unfulfilled? And then remind yourself that your fulfillment is your work and no one else's. Take action. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.